So today was leg day for me. And since I've been working out at home, I usually just work out in my underwear. So save that image <laughs> in your mind. Nice. Um, <laughs> in in black briefs, actually. So yeah. I already imagined that. Awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, we'll say with our chest that of all the sports, soccer is the best. We're talking fire, the Red Stars, Premier League to boot. With Brady, Dave, and Herman, you might learn a thing or two, because we're the Windy City. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and of course, a trip across the pond for a soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined as always by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how are we doing? Pretty good. Feeling great. Excellent. Good. <laughs> Yeah, not super enthusiastic there, Dave. Actually, I am. I'm pretty hyped. Liverpool's okay, gonna make well, good. The Champions League, and it's there going go. to be hilarious. So good for it's you. Be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and running things behind the boards, making us sound better and more intelligent than we really are, is Ian. Huge shout out to Ian. Thanks for all that you do. And speaking of shout outs to people for all that they do. Today is May 10th, which makes yesterday Mother's Day. Thank you to all the moms that do all the things. Uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone. We could not be more thankful yes. for everything that our moms do. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Watching highlights from the games this past weekend, we had some chippy games. Some people were getting into it. A lot of yellow cards, mm -hmm. actually. A lot of yellow cards. weekend. Speaking of the soccer that happened this weekend, and I don't know why I'm excited about this uh, because it turned out awful, uh, a quick loons check-in before we dive into the fire uh, is the sound that I'm going to use for that yep. because <laughs> they, in the first half, look like they were going to run away with it. Reynoso with a banger on a set piece, a breakaway turnover goal from Dotson. Um, he and Lod running free, essentially, um, in the backfield scoring again. And the announcer even said, this is the loons that we expected to see. And this is the loons that we want to see. And then Colorado came out in that second half and looked super aggressive and did it. They scored three goals, uh, most of which uh, I would put on the loons. Although that last um, that last goal by Wilson was a really nice header off of that set piece. But the corner kick uh, that Acosta scored, which uh, that was another banger. I don't know if you can save that, but Minnesota they couldn't clear the ball, and it was mm -hmm. just bouncing around in the box. Um, 
And then Bassett gets a cheap goal because St. Clair comes out of the net, blocks it, and then doesn't smother it, doesn't get it out of there. And so Bassett just puts it in. Uh, it's like you go in 2 nil at half, and then you don't play any defense at all in the second half, and you lose the game. That's so that what you get me. when you let your heart win. <laughs> so that brings me to my stat of the day, mm. which is there is only one MLS team that currently is on zero points. Okay. And that I was going to say, like, this is the section where I feel good about myself. So <laughs> just gonna... Very, very temporarily. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. And with that, let's move on this to the fire, this. huh? Mm. Chicago yeah. fire. Yeah. We. Uh, the fire played the Philadelphia Union on May 8th, this past Saturday. And uh, ooh, oh boy, I want to say, was this the worst looking performance the fire have had this year? There were certainly parts. Yep. I thought parts, they looked pretty good. Parts, they looked really bad. Well, there's been almost no consistency, which we'll get into later. Um, yeah. But the shocking start of the day was uh, the Gazelle made his first appearance uh, as a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Collier got the start. Madron was on the bench. Like, Brady, what the heck is going on? Yeah, I think defensive solidity was the thought. I think Madron being one of those center midfielders, maybe let's get him out of there, let's let him attack, and let's throw a defender in to play that defensive mid position. And that's where Kappelhoff ended up playing. And then Olmsberg took Kappelhoff's position at center back. Um, Also, I think we have no attacking depth right now, and we have no one to bring off the bench that's a game changer. So maybe we bring Madron in at attacking mid, uh, replacing Stojanovic, see if he has something else there. I think attacking mid should be Madron's best position, maybe. I don't know. No, I would agree there. The defense did not look ready, at least to my eyes, right away. And maybe that was more to do with um, Philadelphia coming out hot. But they were under attack basically for the first 15 minutes of the game. Yeah. uh, There was a ton of close calls. Like they barely survived that first 15 minutes. I could not believe it. They were under complete barrage there for Mm -hmm. sure. Do you think is that, is that good defense from the fire that they didn't allow any goals there from what just appeared to be a crazy, or is it like you let them have those opportunities and they shouldn't have even had them? I would say they weren't ready for the game plan that they were up against okay. and they yeah. just happened to survive it more so like they were they they accelerated at last chance saves which you don't want to ever gamble on because that won't happen every time okay. you go out on the field okay. is my opinion I would say that Bornstein repeatedly got run over. So, no, it was not good. <laughs> he's an old man. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, this is this is ridiculous that he's the, the week-to-week starter. So, I yeah, think they have to go young. It's partially tactical, and it's partially the way Philadelphia play. They play a really high-pressing 4-4-2 diamond midfield. And so that diamond in the midfield has one kind of point man that sits right between, but right behind the two strikers and then two sort of like aggressive center mids and then a defensive mid behind them. So that's the diamond. And then what that 
lets you do is push all those people very quickly into a space. And then what you had was uh, a forward, possibly an overlapping fullback, and then also that second uh, center mid, all 3v1, 3v2 uh, against the fire on the left-hand side. And they just kept drilling that. So, yeah, it it was a both game plan thing as well as the fire knew that was coming and just had no way to stop it, especially for those first 15 minutes. I thought that Olmsberg actually wasn't that bad. I thought he did pretty well and he is a no frills, just center back big dude, win headers. I'm okay with that, especially next to Calvo who tends to be a little bit more woo about things. Uh, and then Kappelhoff playing center defensive mid was insane. <laughs> so he had three fouls committed. He had more if the ref didn't play advantage through half of them. He got a yellow card in the 26th and really could have had a red in the first half. He was t- totally insane. Definitely needed to be subbed off, possibly even before halftime. Not good. Not good at all. Um, Jimenez uh, had some fancy uh, like holding footwork in the 33rd minute in the yeah, box. Was fun. I, 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 it was a lot of fun. And the fact um, in soccer, there's not, especially in the MLS, there's not many opportunities where like somebody has it in that tight of space before somebody knocks it out or commits a foul. So it was really fun to see him hold the ball for that long. Uh, but, you know, he, he had no opportunity to turn and shoot. Um, the announcers at the time we're hearing fans say, shoot it, shoot it. But it's like, even if he turned and shot, it would have hit some legs. It didn't mm-hmm. really matter. He was surrounded. Um, <laughs> he was completely surrounded. Absolutely. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, he kicks the ball out um, to Sekulic. And Sekulic decides to go for glory and just does a little lo- lawnmower-like shot yeah. there. Like, that was just very soft, though. It's just, like, barely getting the motor going. Like, you got to drill that one. You got to drill it low and in the corner. He drilled it at the keeper and at about 50% of the, ex- the expectancy where you thought it would be. So Yeah, and yeah, and he made the wrong decision, too. Yeah. Frankowski was wide open on the outside. Uh, Stojanovic was crashing the rebound, but he was if the shot hadn't happened, he would have been in a great spot to run near post. So just uh, in sum, it was the best fire defensive showing, and we're describing to you that it wasn't good defense. We just didn't allow a goal. It was good emergency defending. Uh, But at the same time, we didn't create any chances, really. We had that Jimenez one, which was kind of fun. There were a couple other things that went okay, but nothing where we seriously looked like the fire were going to score. Yep, it was was interesting, to say the least. I'll say that for the game. Interesting to watch, but uh, not a ton of fun. And just coming out, it's like a heart attack watching that right away. My little heart couldn't bear it. (laughs) Um, But in the second half, then, uh, as Brady mentioned, Kappelhoff did get subbed out. um, And we put Pineda in there instead, which... I mean, Kapelhoff looked so bad. Pineda looked, did a better job in the second half, yeah? Yeah, that's Pineda's spot more than Kapelhoff. So it's more of that's what Pineda's grown up playing. Uh, I don't think the Kapelhoff center defensive mid experiment is over, but maybe it should be. Maybe. No, <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're right, which 
that was like the question coming into the year. Like, what are we going to get from Kapilov? And now like through this many games, like maybe he's the weak spot. Like at this point, like we were very high in Pineda. He had the, the as I've alluded to, he mm-hmm. had the great summer with the U S men's national team. Um, the y- younger yep. squad for the Olympics. And like the fact that he's not starting week to week is shocking. So maybe you just, you bench Kapilov and then see how he could help in the second half. If we're up, two goals and we held it in the first half. Can he contribute defensively if he can just run around for 45 minutes instead of 90? So that's kind of where I'm at with him. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, that substitution was not enough to stop Philadelphia from taking the lead though. In the second half, 51st minute, Burke uh, puts one in to put the union up one nil over the fire. Uh, the throw in from Baizo. Uh, was beautiful. And then a quick header from Burke to Montero, who then just quick touch right back to Burke and Burke just nails it right in. It was right in the middle of the fires, probably best spell of the game too, which is totally fire right now. We create and we give up goals. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. The defense just, you know, like, I don't know. The attack was lacking, but I feel like the defense that we have can't sustain the attacking play that we want to have. And at some point, we're going to have to make a personnel change, which is going to cost a lot of money. So they're going to have to buy a defender is my feeling at this point. And I know that's extreme this shortly into the season, but it is what it is. Uh, as Herman said, like it was from a throw into which we have from been, a throw in. Yeah, it's uh. been it's it's been a terrible almost most almost all the goals we concede are off some kind of set piece, whether it is a corner kick or a free kick or a throw in and the throw ins are the worst, but it has happened a few times already this year. So uh, I'm like that to me seems to be a place where you could practice that you have film, you know what the other team is going to do in those set pieces, right? Like how, I, it it seems to me that's a spot that you should be prepared for. That's a mental thing. Throw-ins are a, oh, I can shut off for a second as a player, uh, which is the exact opposite. It should be yeah. the, the ball's out of play, engage. Where's your where's your mark? Where's the ball? Where's Mark mm-hmm. want to be? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to win the ball? Like That's when your brain should shift into overdrive, and it looks like the fire are, oh, we did it. It's out of bounds, which is just not, not acceptable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I play defense and I'm a terrible soccer player. So like, you just gotta, <laughs> like, get it out, get it out. But I usually get it out because I'm so terrified that if I don't get it out, but they're thinking like, hey, hey, I can make a move and maybe pass it out. It's like, no, you can't. You're not that skilled. Like the fire just need to clear it out. Like they are not at the level where they need to be to play defense in the MLS. So they yeah. have to. I guess my point is plan. when you do clear it out, though, even if you do get it out, it's now time to engage. It's not a time to yes. then take your break. It's it's time to defend. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. In the 53rd minute, uh, Baird should have had an equalizer. Um, although I will say he might have been offsides. They really didn't analyze it afterwards. Right. But it seemed to be like a golden opportunity there. He mm-hmm. should have it put seemed it like one that we've seen him finish before too. Yep. Yeah. And he usually just slides in there and puts it in the back of the net, which was terrible. Uh, so in the 57th minute, a uh, sick cross behind the net 
for Elliot and Kaya there. So like, <laughs> just like, you know, maybe just keep it in balance next time, dude. Like, but you got the start and, um, you know, obviously that was terrible. And here come the substitutes, Navarro, Madron, O'Four, on for Bornstein, Stojanovic and Collier. So he got off there. Line change. Yeah. Line change hockey. <laughs> in the 60th minute, Glesnes puts one in another one in for the union. Um, this one is another set piece goal though. Corner kick coming in, get it out of the box, get it out of the box. It was in the box and we need it out of the box. Is it clear? Yes. Get it that out of the box. A perfect summary of just get it the hell out of there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this it, it, is a circus. It, it, I don't know. There's no other description, but just like, wild. like they, you ended up getting it to the top of the box. They, the guy at the top of the box drove it into the ground and then it chipped over the defenders and the, somebody just put a hat on it and it got, was put in the back of the net. It, it, it's just, it is a classic example of just poor clearing, like just get it and, out of there. And that's what I mean by just get it right. Just get it out of there because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, it wasn't a beautiful piece of playmaking by the union that made this happen. It was just the fact that the ball was in there for so long that eventually someone's going to get enough of a piece of it to put it in there because the goalkeeper for the fire can't, he can't maintain, he can't track it for that long. Right. Yeah. And I wish it was just the defense. Well, I don't. I wish the defense would fix some things, but it wasn't just the defense that was bad in this game. Like Barrich, one of our best players, was also pretty bad. Everything kept How bouncing off. And dare away. you? Oh, oh. <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> there were a couple of moments where he didn't notice that he had no one on his back and he probably could have turned and maybe committed some defenders and things like that. So he missed a sitter like we talked about before. And yeah. so even no, you're right. That, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right. I just get so angry. That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking about that too, like Espinoza, like came on as a sub later in the game and he completely missed Barrich too, who was wide open in front of the net, but based on the last opportunity, who knows if he would have even put it away. So it's right. It's not looking but- great. That opportunity, I think, is why Espinoza is not an auto starter right now. I think he must be missing those kind of passes and training yeah, as well. I so would, I would think so. Hopefully an area of growth in his game. Uh, the thing I noticed then in the 80th minute when kind of we're just praying for anything, you guys, it happened. They played <laughs> the 3-4-3 that I recommended in a pod that Wiki <laughs> definitely couldn't hear. <laughs> but it's the rapture, it happened. It was awesome. <laughs> Pineda was sweeping, and then when we had the ball and it was kind of in the box, he stepped into the midfield. It's all happening. What's that called? Don't quiz me. Oh, it's called Catenaccio. You'll hear about that on a later episode. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, teases. (laughs) Uh, In the 83rd, we had Jimenez with the volley. So the reason I like this 3-4-3, especially with the kind of crazy way that the fire just all out attack, is it did change the game, and all of a sudden we were on top of the Union, and we were in their box and causing problems. In the 83rd minute, uh, Jimenez had a half volley, super, super close, and even the TV uh, angle made it look further away than it actually was. It was only about Uh a foot or so. 
Yeah, that would have been such a pretty goal too. It, it was beautiful. Just watching on the replay, the bend that he had on it, just curving mm-hmm. outwards, like towards, obviously where he ended up pulling it, but it would have been a perfect strike if he was slightly more accurate. So. <laughs> just a little bit. Just and little then bit. in the 86th, Frankowski missed. He also wasn't super good in this game. Yeah, all I have to say is gasp, man. You're going after all my guys. Like I'm just so angry. But <laughs> but you know what? Yes, he completely whiffed here. He skied it. Yeah. It should have been on target. There's no excuse from that close range. You at least you at least strike it low and see what happens. Even if there's a bunch of bodies in your way, it was terrible. Right, and that was pretty much kind of the last eventful thing that happened other than in 90 plus there was some argy bargy with Sekulich and I don't even think he really did anything wrong the uh, the other forward the union player seemed to be more at fault here but just all went a little bit of nonsense yeah, the union player <laughs> yeah. went head to head and then he also grabbed Sekulich's head afterwards so I'm very confused about the equivalency of the like um, fouls there. Like I think they should have had a red there. Not that it really would have mattered either. So maybe that's why the ref never carded him because he was like, this game's over and the fire just angry. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. (laughs) Is this soccer or UFC? I don't know. It's both. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, just it was good fight from the fire at the end there. Uh, 04 had some opportunities, but really it just never looked like we were actually going to score. And at the very end, this is after all the argy bargy, and now just players are mad. I heard a Philly player yell "scoreboard" like really obviously into the field mics, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds about right for the banter of this game." <laughs> yeah, no, that was like that was perfect, especially because I'm sure he saw like everybody could see it on TV. I'm sure they saw it there too. Like that's a perfect comment to make at that point. Like you guys are playing terrible scoreboard. Like who cares? You know, you guys can't finish so. We win this game. (laughs) Yep. And that was kind of the story of the day for me when looking at this game is the fire couldn't score. They did not execute when they had those opportunities. Um, And late in the game, when they had some good looks and really needed to score, Blake, the goalkeeper for Philadelphia had a great day. He had some he's really nice saves. Yeah, yeah. He's really good. Um, and the fire frustration really started to show on the field at the end of the day, um, which I think any of us that have played sports, we've been there, but it's just not, it's not a good start to the season. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're a professional though, too, like you have yeah. to figure out how to balance that, especially with a young coach like wiki. It's yes. very, um, it's very confusing, but it, it has been an absolutely horrid start. The fire need to figure out what they want to be like sooner rather than later, because otherwise this season season's going to be absolutely terrible. Um, there has been no consistency with the lineups at all. And I don't know. The defense is just unbelievably terrible. And now the offense is like following suit because the game plan just hasn't been there. And my point, Dave, is why be consistent when it's just been consistently bad? Uh, The fire broadcasters kind of concluded the whole thing with Wiki has wanted to make this team flexible. Well, we've only seen really the one shape until this game, and I don't think it's been working. So maybe we try the 3-4-3. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to say, okay, smarty pants, I guess. Like that's all <laughs> I, I really want to say, but I was going to say that is a valid point, but hopefully this, this, formation you're about to tell us about right now will save it because we've progressively <laughs> gotten worse at this point we can't even score now we've gone two weeks without scoring a goal <laughs> so let's hear yeah. it. let's see let's you hear, hear yourself for the team. agreed brad <laughs> tell us how to fix it fix well, a professional soccer team well, we're going to maximize instead of putting out two bad center backs, we're going to put three bad center backs out there, but they'll all help each other and they'll all fix Sick. it together. So uh, I think Tehran is still down with an injury, but I'd like to see him next to Pineda in the middle as the sweeper and then Calvo at left. And it kind of will emphasize the athleticism of Tehran and Calvo and maybe some of the passing ability that they have with less of the pressure of if I lose the ball right now, they're coming right at my own goal. Uh, and then the fact that Pineda is a good ball playing center back could also then mean he could move into the midfield when we have commanding possession, which is something that we've had in this season. Uh, I'd want to see in our four of the midfield, Frankowski out wide right, Jimenez, Madron, and then Navarro out left. Uh, really fast, speedy players who aren't necessarily great defenders, but it's more of a team concept of defending. And then the three forwards would be 04, Barrich, and Aliceda. Now, this is all, you know, injuries aside and things like that. Without the ball, it would be a 5 3 2. So you'd have your outside middies be extra defenders. Um, 04 and Barrich would stay high. And then Aliceda and Frankie could be our sort of like cheating, getting ready to go on the counterattack. And then when we have the ball in good commanding possession, it would become a two, five-ish, three-ish as Pineda then has the freedom to step into the midfield. And hopefully we wouldn't attack with both wingbacks at the same time, you know, maybe have some balance there. But I just think you need something to help these center backs. And I think just an extra body back there would be something. And if we are going to be wildly entertaining and attacking, and I think that's something that the fire can be, let's add an extra defender behind it all that just for some sort of solid base. And that I think is my argument. Yeah. I, the defense has, I feel like kind of been the Achilles heel of the team so far where they, they've been able to score, but this is also an instance where Barrich played poorly this game. He, he had opportunities, he had shots that he usually puts away and he didn't do that this time. Um, so where should the fire be looking when Barrett has a get, has a bad game like this? Cause offense can't just come from one place. See the Spurs and Harry Kane for more details oh, on oh. when one player creates You're everything for your Harry. team. Um, so I, it was, that's alarming to me. That also was offensive and unnecessary. <laughs> It was appropriate and necessary. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. But that's a serious question. I mean, is that, is that, is that a, is that a a second there? Because my guy would have been Jimenez, but Jimenez hasn't proven to be that guy either. So like, I don't know. Do the fire, I guess my real question is, do the fire have a problem with the roster on offense? Well, I think the fire is still, quote unquote, rebuilding. This is still a new project. 
and we don't have a ton of ton of money on these books. And, you know, we were in the running for, say, a Chicharito, but this squad isn't necessarily ready to support a Chicharito. So, you know, in comes Barrich, which is more of a deal. He's played in France and he's a good player, but not the biggest name. So I think that just shows that we're not ready to go full bore commitment Chicago Fire just yet, as we still are figuring out our brand. <laughs> that I agree that's true, but like the I feel like we have passed up as a club so many big names. Like there's been like names tied to the club, and then I've heard that they're like, uh, you know, we're gonna pass on to like the next person type like situation. So it's at this point, like I wish we could draw like a big name player. Like there's there there's so many different like groups like that support the fire. There is a very big like Southern American like fan base. There's big European fan base. Like there's got to be somebody we could draw in bigger than the players that we have signed at this point. So like the next time we have a chance to sign a big player, maybe we should just do it and then and then and build it off them. Like I know that's a very Bulls type move like oh we'll bring in one big name and then we'll figure it out but you know i think with the mls we actually are more ripe to do it we do have a decent midfield we do have a decent tacking group but i think i don't know i i think we shouldn't be scared about bringing in a big name anymore oh. I, I there's nothing with this squad there there's a lot to be excited about but we don't have that that stud who has either played in the top of the league or who's up and coming. Unfortunately, there's nobody on this squad. I feel like right now that could go play in Europe somewhere for a top club. Well, supposedly Ivanov is that player. And unfortunately we and won't that's, see him. Until. That's, exactly, mm. that's a very good point. So Ivanov, let's see what happens. We like we got to make sure he's up. rested up. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Food for thought. Love it. Good and fun things to look forward to when he inevitably does come back. Moving on to the Red Stars of Chicago. Today on this episode, we are going to break down the roster because their season is just about to start. Yes, indeed. So the Red Stars 2021 roster uh, we've got our goalkeepers, Emily Boyd, Cassie Miller, and Alyssa Nair. Uh, Alyssa Nair is, of course, the U.S. women's national team starter since Hope Solo. She's been super solid. She's a really great goalkeeper. Uh, at defense, we have Tierna Davidson, Sarah Gordon, Casey Kruger, Tatum Malazzo, Zoe Morse, Kayla Sharples, Bianca St. George, and Aaron Wright. Mm. Tierna Davidson is a Stanford grad baller really nice passer i'm glad that uh the, uh the red stars picked her up that's awesome sarah gordon is a depaul grad shout out to depaul and also super fast i really liked the way she played in the challenge cup so i'm super excited for her and then casey short kruger uh, we know most know her as casey short uh she's also a u.s women's national teamer left back just super super solid player then we're going to move on to our midfield. That's Danielle Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, Julie Ertz, Morgan Gautreaux, Alyssa Motz, Nikki Stanton, Ella Stevens, and Sarah Voldmo. Uh, the midfield will truly be the strength of the Red Stars. Julie Johnston Ertz, I mean, need I say more? She's a baller, 
the best player on this team. I absolutely love her, and I wish I could play soccer. I mean, I... You need not, Brady. Yeah, I just... Yeah, she's (laughs) awesome. Uh, Morgan Bryan Gautreaux. Many U.S. fans will know her as Morgan Bryan. She is just a a classic midfielder and just a great example. And then Daniel Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo are two of my faves as well. They've been on the team for a while, uh, at least for a couple years, so they're fun to watch play. And then moving on to our forwards, Mackenzie Doniak, Zoe Goralski, Rachel Hill, Katie Johnson, Sarah Aubert, Mallory Pugh, and <laughs> Kelia Watt. I am sure I did not say it might even be Lubert. I don't know. Um, I, I picked out Kelia Watt, uh, Kelia Ojai, uh, very good finisher, fast, and is legally blind in her right eye. Interesting fact. Oh. Interesting. Uh, Katie Johnson got a bunch of looks in the Challenge Cup. She looks like our best just out-and-out striker, just kind of the lead-the-line type uh, pretty quick. And then Mal Pugh is one of my favorite recent uh, U.S. women national team players, probably the most skilled player on the team. Dave, I don't know if you want to fight me on that, but she's just an awesome player to watch play. No, I completely agree. She looks like a lot of fun. So I am very excited on getting to learn this team more. I know they've been around for a long time, but I have not been a big enough fan of it. I'm very hyped to watch this squad. So Nice. And then on top of the roster, we had another announcement for increased ownership. Uh, so the group has expanded. It already included Famous and Chicago uh, ties uh, with Sarah Spain, Kendall Coyne Schofield, Israel Donage, Bears. <laughs> Uh, but also some good business acumen and powerful money in the background. So it's it's all good news. Uh, I'm not going to go through them all. You can check them out on the Red Stars site. Uh, but there's a bunch of new owners for this team, which is only a good thing. Absolutely. Thank you for that breakdown, Brad. I look forward to watching the Red Stars this season. Uh, they kick off their season this weekend, correct? Yes, they do on Sunday. May 16th versus Portland. That'll be at 6 p.m. Central Time on Twitch. Real quick, uh, I mm-hmm. think uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter plays for the Portland Thorns, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> so nice. oh. Chicago, okay. what up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. And then the following weekend uh, on the 22nd, we play the New Jersey, New York Gotham FC, which one of the best oh. rebrands I've seen in a while. Uh, and that'll name. be the Red Stars home opener. So that's exciting. Envious of that name, New York yeah. Gotham FC. Mm-hmm. I might have already said this. If their mascot is not Batman, then I want them removed from existence because what are you doing? Well, I mean, Batwoman, I, uh, Catwoman, I don't know. What do we want yeah. to do? There's a lot of. You could do Batwoman, Catwoman, Batman, whatever you need. Moving back. To the MLS. Last week, we chose our game of the week as El Trafico, LAFC versus the LA Galaxy. This was also played on Saturday, May 8th. Um, And this was a fun game. The atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there, obviously. But (laughs) the atmosphere that I captured just from watching the game was, man, there was a lot of energy in that stadium. And the Galaxy ended up coming away with the victory here, two to one. But first thing I noticed, 
I'm a big fan of the LAFC kits. They're pretty sharp. Yes. Probably not a lot of fun to play in when it's sunny and hot because of the black, but at the same time, they probably have uh, top of the line material, very breathable. You wouldn't even know it, uh, but super clean kits. Yeah. Soccer jerseys are, are made for that. So uh, I, there's the black and gold. It's classic. Uh, what I noticed was LAFC were playing out of a 3-5-2, which we've never seen before. They're typically and always a 4-3-3, uh, which is a Bob Bradley staple. So this leads me to, uh, this is sort of a long debated, you know, what, how do you set up your team? Do you change your team to adapt to the opponent or do you plan what's your best at and go out and just play what your best at better than what they play as their best. I also think this was partially personnel forced, but yeah. Uh, the fact that LAFC didn't have Vela was like tragic because you're, you're, you're hyping up that I'm sure as the MLS like mm-hmm. owners were like, you're hyping up that Chicharito Vela match like early in the season, uh, El Trafico classic matchup. Like we've had Ibrahimovic versus Vela. Now we want Chicharito versus Vela, but you know, it ended up being a very fun watch either way. So, yep. yeah. And then speaking of Chicharito, the Galaxy played in a 4-4-2, which they've done in the past few weekends, which puts a forward next to Chicharito so he can be free and also so the Galaxy can totally avoid him in the buildup. <laughs> and it worked. Chicharito in the 11th minute uh, puts in a goal. Galaxy go up one. Although the tackle from Derek Williams sets this entire thing up. Uh, And this is only his second game for the club. So I do have to give a shout out to upper management there for (laughs) making that work. And good for Derek for playing well early on. That was a crunching tackle. And how is Chicharito always (laughs) wide the spork open? I just don't understand. I don't understand it all either. Um, basically, he I thought he was kind of being sneaky here, but like, you know, it was just a very good poacher move because he is the poacher extraordinaire on this team and in the league. So basically what he does is he lags behind the LFC, LAFC back line. Uh, he reestablishes himself back on the side without LAFC players knowing about it. Uh, and so he's technically wide open at this point. And then on top of that, uh, there's a lucky as heck, I would say, <laughs> slash skillful tackle because the placement was beautiful. But slash like I'm, I'm not really sure until the last second that Derek Williams knew where Chicharito was. But it, it was it was beautiful. It ended up working out perfectly. And then Chicharito in that space just slots it home in the lower right hand corner, uh, right past the keeper. So I was uh, it was a pretty impressive goal. LAFC just wasn't really aware of what, where Chicharito was, unfortunately. So, which is amazing, and he somehow somehow always does that. Uh, Herman, just as a as a person who's new to soccer, do you understand why that's not a foul? That tackle on that play. First off, I don't appreciate uh, the insinuation here. I understand sports. I'm an intelligent person. I'm a PMP, Brady. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It was just an honest question because he uh, hits ball first. Because bro. he hits the ball. Oh, no. I was just about to say, oh, I could have proven to everyone that I know sports and soccer ball so good. He hits Bad. the ball first. Yeah. not a, I, I thought it was a great tackle. I was blown away. And I know that, yes, if you hit ball first, you can do whatever you want. 
Oh, so there was a <laughs> fantastic uh, double save in the 32nd minute um, from Bond, James Bond. Just kidding. James and Bond. Dead. No. But Jacob he basically was. He was he was the uh, action hero of this game for sure. He basically pushes the first shot out wide. Uh, but you know, like I guess if you're gonna be critical, it wasn't wide enough to clear the danger. But the follow-up shot, he ends up tipping over the bar. I thought it was a fantastic goalkeeping from the LA Galaxy keeper. Yeah, he yes. was very good. <laughs> 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 yeah, domination by the LAFC, possession, they had the ball the whole time, they led in shots and shots on target, but the Galaxy had it on the scoreboard. So uh, Galaxy had 71% tackle success, which is a good thing because half of their tackles were last ditch. Uh, if I miss, it might break That's an ankle. Wild. Yeah, so... That's crazy. And then, yeah, they ended the game with six yellow cards to LAFC's one, uh, <laughs> and it could have been more. It could have been more. Uh, and then uh, the Galaxy couldn't get out and couldn't really get a touch on the ball, and that was down to LAFC playing with three defenders versus the Galaxy's two forwards, and then the LAFC had five midfielders while the Galaxy had four. So you just had a little bit of advantage in numbers in the way that they could control the ball. Uh, for LAFC and the Galaxy just couldn't find a way to get past a a, a, a very nice press from LAFC. Yeah, uh, LAFC too. Like their their passing was just beautiful to watch. Um, so good. It was just that last pass to get it into a threatening position in the finish that they just couldn't they couldn't capitalize on. Uh, also, like expanding on what we were talking about, Bond earlier, uh, he made a save at I believe it was Rossi's feet. Like it, it was a beautiful stop, like right. It was very like if he had messed it up, it would have been a penalty, but he just completely blocks it like point blank and it would have been a goal. Then it, it, it was beautiful. So watch the highlights. It's definitely on there. Yeah. Bond had a great game. I thought as he always does. Uh, in the second half, take that last one out, Ian. That was bad. Oh, no. Was keep not. it in. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> You suck, Trebek. <laughs> uh, in the second half, uh, LAFC actually went back to their normal setup. Yeah, this was just a, okay, we're creating opportunities, but not that final pass like Dave was saying. Let's go back to what we know and we love. So Farfan comes in and replaces Palacios. Farfan's just a more typical left back instead of being like a really attacking focused left winger. And then Opoku comes in for Cifuentes. That is a forward for a midfielder. Move Rossi to the middle of the field to play center forward. And now we're back to kind of what we expected them to start the game with. And Brady, you noticed something at 50 minutes, 39 seconds. What did you What did you see? What did you notice? It was just another example of Bond being awesome. <laughs> uh, K caused a turnover. Uh, Mark Anthony K. He's so good and so underrated for this LAFC team, and people talk about him, so uh, he's still underrated. Uh, but he causes the turnover and immediate dime to start the counterattack. And Bond is just crazy aggressive and had been all game at cutting out crosses and cutting out passes. And so here he keeper sweeps, and it's just a it's a good example. Another section I noticed was at fifty two forty. 
Uh, you can see LAFC's high line of confrontation. It's right at the Galaxy's box. They're not letting the Galaxy go anywhere for free. Uh, and they actually, the Galaxy got out this time, almost turned it over. Grand Seer almost does, but then makes a nice move. It was very much an attacking player thing. Like, oh, oh, he's away. <laughs> and then uh, sprung the counter. Galaxy actually could have gotten a second here if the final pass was a little bit better. There were people open in the box. Uh, and in the 60. 60- Second minute, Russ E.G. for LAFC ties it up. We're now sitting at 1-1 with about 30 minutes left in the game. And Stu Holden, I love Stu Holden. Uh, His call was perfect. It really was. Yeah, the Galaxy (laughs) cannot continue to defend this way or they will concede a goal and boom. (laughs) Yeah, that team combination was fantastic. Farfan dribbles it from the left wing. Rossi moves into the space out on the left where Farfan was and then uh, receives a pass from him out on the left again. Rossi takes a few dribbles back into the middle, like mirroring what Farfan just did. But he ends up dishing it back to Blessing, which my app just keeps on auto-correcting. It was really confusing for a long time, but it's fantastic. <laughs> so <laughs> that is his last name. And then as soon as he passes it back to Blessing, he starts moving. He starts moving towards goal, which is what you want to see from somebody who has a goaling prowess, a goaling like skill. So uh, Blessing passes it to Baird, who has his back turned to the net like in the box and Baird instantly flicks it to the cutting Rossi who he just obviously had seen out of the corner of his eye, making a, a move. Um, Rossi takes a touch and he just like pulls it right past the keeper. Uh, so I was kept low. Um, and it, it, he doesn't hit it away from the keeper, which is huge here. So, like, if if you're gonna keep, if you're gonna put it by the keeper, he's got to keep it low and close to the keeper, because then he can't slam his body really quick, like to to the ground. So he he just slips it through between his arm and the ground. And it was a Good fantastic point. placement. So, yeah. Um, so like here we go. Al Trafico's on. Like huge. It's gonna be a big Al Trafico game. Mm-hmm. You got to be glued to your TV for the next thirty minutes of the game. Absolutely. And Galaxy responds by subbing some players in. Yeah, they needed to find the ball. <laughs> so they yep. moved to a 4-5-1, try and just pack up the midfield because we need to get some of this ball back. Sasha Kleschen comes on, which is a great sub to have for yourself. And then Dunbar comes on. So just both midfielders, you just got to try and wrestle this ball back. Uh, and that leaves Chicharito by himself, which typically is not his strong suit. Uh, but when he does make the right play, the Galaxy can get out. And in fact, he was on one. I mean, this is one of his best games in a while. Still only a 66% uh, passing percentage, and only he won 14% of his duels. That's not great, and it isn't his game, but he did it at least just enough. Uh, And then uh, we move forward to Atuesta's free kick. Uh, and he has some of the highest free kick numbers in the MLS since joining in 2019. The commentators were really, really revving up for his shot at the top of the box. It sounded like <laughs> commentator sounded like me when I take a bad golf shot too. It was oh, so disappointing. It was perfect drive. We have. I love approach shots. Here it comes. No, no. <laughs> Come on. Disappointing. Um, In the 79th minute, 
Jonathan Dos Santos puts the galaxy back on top. The stadium pretty much exploded at that yeah. point. <laughs> and that's 25% capacity. So that's incredible yeah. sound. Yeah. Uh, and that Chicharito turn deserved all of it. <laughs> it was crazy good. Mm-hmm. Chicharito is good at soccer. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> is Chicharito not good at soccer outside of MLS? He doesn't start for the Mexican national team is basically my point. Really? Point. So he's not uh, good at soccer is what I'm He looked awesome in this game. He was on one. He, I would say that he is a poacher's poacher. Like he, mm-hmm. the best Chicharito is, like I said, to avoid him in the buildup, let him just find whatever space he ends up finding. And then his only touches should be in the box and it should be right. settle finish. And that's why wow. he didn't work in uh, the Premier League, really. Right. Like people remember him fondly for some reason sometimes at Man U, but overall, like his career there was terrible. Like if if you Mm. rewind the tape, I thought it was terrible. Yeah. One thing you have to understand is the passion of Mexican fans. And he is like the Mexican goal scorer. So they absolutely, absolutely love him. He played for Manchester United. So Mexicans absolutely love him. And, you know, for good reason, because it's one of the hardest things to do in the sport is just put the ball in the back of the net. Now I want a forward that can do more than just that. But if you can score goals for me, you're going to find a way onto the field. Some of the time we're going to do another hot, like conversation then Blanco or Chicharito quantum all time. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, uh, as Putting a you on the fan, spot, you're just like, Oh, as a fire <laughs> fan. Well, okay. So Herman, for your, your point of view, picture a, a bowling ball. Uh, so you has, oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> really, there's a lot of, the lot of, uh, a lot of equivalent wrecking ball. What <laughs> but he was a not fast. He's not going to move all over the field, but when the ball was at his feet, it was magical. He could pass. Mm. He could chip you from 40 yards away. Yeah, he has his amazing. favorite move is called the Quantumach hop, where he squishes the ball in between his feet. He lets like defenders get close to him, and then he hops away from them with the ball still in his feet. It's like so it awesome. he would back trap, he would butt trap, like he just is it. Wow. Like such a fun player. He's a guy's guy. It's a guy you'd go get a beer with after right? the game. Because he would. He absolutely Interesting. would go a beer with you. So actually that's that's the exact opposite of you when you play soccer because you're all over the place. You're running all over the place. You move a ton. He's like the attacking version of me. So where okay. I, I'm running around trying to destroy things, he you that's, might not even see him for 70 minutes, and then all of a sudden he finds the ball. That's why I said you when you said bowling ball, because I was like, that's what you do in soccer is you just run <laughs> around and destroy things. I meant the dimensions of a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> Which also you, applies. <laughs> you said it, not me. I'm, hey, you see these hands? They're clean. I wash right. them after I take a poop. So I, I derailed this conversation. So it is my duty to bring this back in. So we were duty? talking about the Who, Jonathan. It is my duty. It is duty, duty, duty. Speaking right. of duty, I wash yes. these hands okay. after. All right. <laughs> All right. The Jonathan Dos Santos goal, the 79th minute. Uh, so basically the LAFC squad has a Chicago fire moment. Uh, get the ball <laughs> out of there is basically what I was screaming at my television. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, it was Mario uh, who was just dicking around with it. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was trying to th- display his fancy work, but what was funny to me is in the first place there was three LAFC defenders in that spot right there. So I don't understand how nobody took care of it, but that might have also been the problem was that there was three of them in that spot and nobody knew what to do, which I've been in a situation like that a couple of times, probably more than like <laughs> 10 plus for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just it just i don't know it gets awkward when you're in those tight spaces and like you have to really quickly make communication between your teammates i'm thinking that they were all in the same spot they screwed up it was very bad but you do have to give dunbar credit for the hustle mm-hmm. uh so dunbar ends up winning the ball passes it to chicharito who's in the box and as brady said made an awesome like move in the box there um he plays the ball into the middle to literally nobody because you would assume somebody has to be open in the box mm-hmm. at that in that spot. And Dos Santos absolutely storms in from the 18 and just slots it into the right corner of the net. Um, so Galaxy are back on top. They haven't looked like the team that we're going to end up pulling it off, and they are the ones who are in control. Yep. And after this, I think LAFC kind of capitulate. I don't really understand why, but there were just a couple really dumb fouls where the Galaxy were kind of out individually running towards a sideline or a corner. And instead of just, you know, take a second, take a breath, and then get into defensive position, win the ball back and go, they would just push people over, which is exactly what the Galaxy want. I could just drain clock now. So I don't know if that's just fatigue or... but it just creates time-wasting opportunities for the Galaxy. And if I'm the coach, I'm so furious. I don't understand why you would ever do that. Totally agree. Uh, In the 87th minute, um, Harvey had a fantastic move, uh, spin move, but I think it's the Marseille turn, if I'm not Mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah, that's a good find by you, because I've also heard of La Roulette. But this is the move that Zidane and Maradona made famous, where it's that double step spin move, and it's so pretty. It is, and there's infinite names. Like that was the original name, but mm. there was a long list. But I think that's like the classic. If you ask your dad or grandpa what it was, it's the Marseille <laughs> turn. So, nice. Yeah. nice. Uh, Efrain Alvarez gets into this game, and he also had some really nice moves to get rid of pressure. Color me impressed. Uh, at ninety-two forty. Uh, what do we call that, Dave? Yeah, I'd say it was a nutmeg. Yes, it nutmeg. was. It was right in front of Bob Bradley, who was just saying, "Don't foul, don't foul." Don't. No. It's like it's what I like in my eggnog. That's what <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm there with you. So, looking at the game overall, the aftermath of El Tráfico, Brad, what's your breakdown? Would you take away? I mean, just truly, truly nutso. I mean, this is what the El Trafico is about. These two teams don't like mm-hmm. each other. They're going to kick the crap out of each other. And one of them's probably going to win big by the end of it, just because totally insane, a lot of star power, a lot of money. And the result is the Galaxy have never lost at home to LAFC. That's pretty impressive for a team that's really been better than the Galaxy the entire time that they've been in existence, just on paper. But not against them at home. And then I truly believe that fans helped this game. One, to bring the the atmosphere up because it was awesome and entertaining. Yeah, it Uh, was. But with a Galaxy team under the cosh, no game control, 
Chicharito all of a sudden is elevated to this level. All the players are just gutting it out. And I think that's because you've got fans screaming at you in this game. And it was awesome. We need to get that going at the fire game. So we'll have Mm -hmm. to start talking about our plans to go to fire games soon. Oh, yes. Yeah. I wanted to make a quick Trinity Rodman correction just for the records. Yes. Corrections corner for sure. She does not (laughs) play for Portland. She plays for the Washington spirit. So we will not be seeing Mm. a uh, fantastic Chicago matchup, but you need to watch the red stars for sure. So hypes. I'm very disappointed to hear that, but thank you for letting everyone know. When they do play the spirit, we're going to have to go into uh, Kim Jong Un and uh, Dennis Rodman's (laughs) background. So, okay, a history. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So, stepping into the classroom with Bradford last week, we talked about formations. Uh, breaking it down pretty simple this week, Brady, what do you have for us? So we're going to have some fun with position names. So when yeah. you look, yeah. when you look at a formation, how do you describe each individual in that formation? How do you describe how that person's going to play in that position and things like that? Uh, so just to break it down immediately, we've got the goalkeeper. Uh, I was always told as a as a kid with my first travel team, never call them the goalie, but you can call them the goalie. But I prefer <laughs> goalkeeper. Uh, and then also a new term uh, is keeper sweeper. So like Manuel Neuer spends less hmm. time in his box than most goalkeepers because he's right at the top whenever his team have the ball to help sweep up behind the defenders. And that's kind of a new newer evolution to the game. And of course, the goalkeeper is the only one on the field that can use their hands within the box. So then we're going to move to the defenders, obviously responsible for mainly defending the goal, but also defending space in their own half and moving the ball into the other half. And then when you got, you can use wing backs as width and things like that. But uh, we'll start with center back and outside back. Those are pretty self-explanatory. You understand what I mean by that. Uh, we can also talk about half backs versus full backs. This has changed over the years and can be confusing, but think uh, in terms of how much field they cover. So the halfback are typically center backs these days. They just cover their half, and then fullbacks tend to cover the majority of the field or the full field. Uh, wingback is kind of a it's a specific, more attacking version of an outside back, and often you'll hear these referred to in three-back systems. Uh, but also Liverpool uses wingbacks, just really aggressive defenders that just fly down the wing and overlap people, and that's part of their tactic. You'll never walk alone. <laughs> uh, there's also the uh, a, a different version of a center back called a sweeper, which is typically means that they're behind a fellow center back and they're just going to sweep things up. They're going to possibly not mark someone specifically, but clean up any danger that gets past people who are marking people. You can also call this position a libero, but libero tends to imply that that center back will then get involved in the midfield when his team has the ball. So that's a little wrinkle to that. And then the last one I could think of was a stopper. Uh, Stopper's more of a, if you think of the diamond with a sweeper at the furthest back 
uh, defensive position, the stopper would sit in front of the sweeper and just kind of eliminate things for that sweeper. And that's how my high school team would play. It was actually awesome. I, my stopper was basically my sword, like, go get him, go get this guy, get this guy. And if he ever missed, it would have, it would then result in a long touch where then I could make the play or I just tell him, mark this guy. And then I'd cover around and either get someone else who was free or something like that. Really effective way to to defend. So that's fun with stoppers. Some people will argue, oh, it's a midfielder position. Well, it's it's soccer. It's all fluid. So we're going to move into the midfielders now. And this is the battle of the ball, the control of the ball, midfield, uh, also shuttle the ball from back to front, help create chances, and also create second-line runs. Basically, we've got forwards who are causing havoc. Sometimes it's easy for a midfielder like uh, Jonathan Dos Santos to wander into the box and score a nice goal to win an El Trafico. So some of these positions are like center mid, outside mids, defensive mids, attacking mids. So those are all pretty self-explanatory. You could also refer to mids as pivots. So there's systems where you use a single pivot or a double pivot. And that basically means that midfielder's responsibility is to come back to his defenders, help collect the ball and hopefully switch it. He wants to move the ball from one side of the field to the other. They're typically very, very good passers. You could talk about number eights, which basically means it's a midfielder that's responsible for covering the entire field. You want a number eight to touch every blade of grass that's on the soccer field. You could also call a midfielder a number six or a deep-lying playmaker. Uh, this guy could be a midfielder that drops between the center backs and starts plays that way. Basically, this is your deepest midfielder, but he is mostly going to be known for kind of defense, but in the midfield. And then we'll move into our forwards. And these guys are the ones that create chances. They score the goals. They're the initial line of press. They're the hold up play. So let's get it up to them and make sure that we hold it down. Or you can call them free players. They're not as responsible for defending sometimes. Uh, I'll start with some of the quasi-forward midfielders. So we could start with our winger. Oh, oh hey. he said it. Hey. He said it. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> so wingers are sort of wide attackers. Oftentimes they're not going to be super responsible for defending, but they're supposed to get in space out wide, get into 1v1 situations, cross the ball, and if necessary, cut in on your inside foot and score beautiful curling shots. Um, we could also talk about number 10s, or you could call it an attacking midfielder or a just free forward that is just going to pop up in unexpected situations for the other team to deal with. They're just not going to know where he goes. Uh, they typically will play behind a striker, or a center forward, basically interchangeable striker means that you are typically the point in the trident. You are the closest to your attacking goal. Um, you can also sometimes call them target men. Uh, that basically means you're the tallest, biggest dude on the field and I'm going to win any header. So if you're in danger, huck it up to me and I'll win it. Ian. Um, yeah, we had Ian play striker. <laughs> um, and then second forward is sort of a kind of catch-all term, but I would describe like Muller or Herbers in the fire last season. Basically, they've got a striker making the first run. The second forward will then decide where to go based on that run and where the defenders react and things like that. 
Uh, and then also one of the more complicated, one of the more fun ones is the false nine. So they start out as the highest player up the field, but then their first attacking move is to get out of there. They'll leave the attacking box, which creates a giant hole. Defenders don't really know what to do. And then typically a midfielder or a winger will then fill in that spot. Just creates a ton of confusion. Pep Guardiola loves to use a false nine. Never pull too. Sick. <laughs> so I'm confused now. False nine... Ten sixes, eights. I can understand these positions if we're talking about basketball. We have the you're playing the one, you're playing the two, you're playing the three. Uh, what what do all these positions mean in soccer? Where do these numbers come from? Join us next week, and I will give you a little oh. brief history lesson. Such a tease, Brandon. Such a tease. All right. Let's hop on a jet. Let's take That's a trip true. to Tottenham. Dome. They played Leeds this past week, and they lost to Leeds because Leeds swarmed them and destroyed their souls. They lost to Leeds 1-3, to three, and Sonny had a goal in the 25th minute. I'm assuming that that goal was significant or awesome or was it just the only thing that Tottenham did all day that was good well it was that it was the only good <laughs> it thing it was yes uh, but also son becomes just the fifth Tottenham player with 70 premier league goals which is pretty cool uh this was a 6:30 a.m. game Very so cool. i did my usual move to the couch at 6:30 <laughs> kind of sleep through the first half you kind of wake up when goals happen the whoa Okay. And then I wake up for halftime, catch up that way, and then watch the second half. I'm a professional. I do this for a living. That is the perfect Saturday morning or Sunday <laughs> nice. morning, depending on your yes. place. I uh, also saw a meme that kind of summarized this whole game. Uh, it was Marcelo Bielsa who does the crouch, and he was, uh, and the meme was Bielsa sitting on all of Kane's trophies. I laughed, I cried, and then I was silent. Yeah, for those of you who don't understand that meme, though, it was basically Marco Bielsa sitting on nothing because he's got <laughs> completely like torn like calves and everything like that because he's been doing like the squat on nothing and Harry Kane hasn't won anything, so it doesn't really matter. So it's great, it's fun. I I'm pretty time. sure people understood that, but thank yeah, you for the no, clear. but but I'm just I'm just making sure they know it was complete savagery, and I want that to be clear. So. Brady, I, I can, I can, I can taste your salt. For anybody who's upstairs. new at soccer, uh, Tottenham doesn't win anything. So, yeah. God, Brady is more sour than a warhead right now. Yes. I thought you were going to bring up the kids from the patch. No, no, man. I don't. I don't want to get into details since this is going to go live at some point. But I have. Uh, I've had to litigate with the kids from the patch before. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Interesting. And moving over to Liverpool, Dave, what happened this week? Victory, loss? No, you're Champions happy. League. You're dancing. You're we're gonna dancing. We're going to get back in. We're going to back, yeah, back in. We're not going to get fourth, but we're going to get fifth, and we're going to still make the Champions League. It's nice. Fantastic. Nice. Although we will not be automatic qualifiers at the group stage. We will go through ah. the whole process, I'm pretty sure, at this point. But so you know I, what? You're in. You're in, man. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see what happens. So basically, we beat Southampton 2-0. 
Just wanted to make a quick reference. If anybody watched the game, there was a absolute sick musical chairs metaphor compared to the top four in the EPL. It was fantastic. They're just like, basically the, the, if I'm going to paraphrase it, there was basically going to be like these many teams are in the mix. And one of them has to sit down and end up being in the top four. And I was like, fantastic. Good job. Good job. It's me. It would be very hyped up. It wasn't that cool, but I thought it was great because I'm really locked into that top four race right now. Sorry, Todd and Nam. Bah. So basically, yeah. Uh, the other narrative was that there's a lot of selfish selfishness at Liverpool uh, this year with the attackers, which is totally true. Um, basically brought out by the fact that Salah just assisted Mane for the first time this year for the entire year. And that was actually the first combination between both players either way, like wow, reciprocated either. So really messed up. Uh, That was in the 31st minute, but really quick uh, shout out to Allison in the 30th. He made a six save and there was a second attempt and he caught it and he looked very good. He looked he messed up a lot very early in this season, especially after Van Dyke got injured, but he looks to be very sharp right now. Uh, and then I also wanted to point out, and this is going to be crazy too, Thiago got his first goal of the wow. season as well. Which I would is think he would score so terrible. much more than that. So you know what's funny is, as a Liverpool fan, I've learned nothing because I feel like we're probably going to qualify for the Champions League despite being complete garbage this entire year so like <laughs> enjoy me next year everybody it's going to be a fun ride <laughs> when we get van dyke back you guys are screwed so yeah. Oof. great hot heat <laughs> coming from dave all right dave give us the roundabout deal here other things yeah. that happen champions league epl what's going on yeah my notes might be long but i'm going to quick heat this thing right now so basically city ends up beating psg which is hilarious because (laughs) i hate neymar and mbappe decided to be a second neymar and he just deserves like failing again and just a quick note on that yeah go ahead go ahead city might say what i'm gonna say city played with eight players in the first half of the whole like tie and we're still the better team, which makes me very upset. And I love Pochettino, but I was going to say my comment was going to be Pochettino. I feel I do feel bad for Poch, but everybody else I really don't care about. So City sorry, Pochers. Too bad. Very hyped about Chelsea beating Real Madrid. Uh, my brother is a huge Real Madrid fan, and I do <laughs> feel bad about it in that respect because <laughs> he's my brother. But like I also hate Real Madrid, so it's okay. Um. So the final is the 29th of May. We will go into it more later. Uh, City versus Chelsea. All English tie. I hope Chelsea wins that. Hope Pulisic gets a goal. That'd be yep. amazing. So, Good call. Uh, EPL, real quick. Having just talked about City-Chelsea final, Chelsea just beat City 2-1. to mm-hmm. And I just... The one comment from this game is like, yes, it really doesn't matter because the final is going to be different. But... I wanted to say Sergio Aguero completely screwed up. He tried to do a Paneka on the penalty kick that he was awarded, and he completely ruined the thrill of the race for fourth place right now in the EPL. (laughs) So it's like pretty selfish, and uh, he is a dick. Leave that out, Ian. (laughs) 
because he did deserve that one. So I do have to say he was a complete dick. I mean, like, how selfish can you be to make it a fancy PK when, for the first time in a long time, there's about five teams that could actually probably win it. So it, it's terrible. It, it was, uh, it made me mad. But I am also a huge Liverpool fan, and they're the closest to actually winning it. So I am biased. Biased. Um, West Ham lost to Everton 1-0. Uh, but I have to say thank you, Everton, for making this more entertaining in case the fifth-place spot ends up being the way that Liverpool gets in the Champions League. So I guess I have to be thankful, uh, despite you rooting the entire season. Stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Man, you beat Aston Villa, which was fantastic because City can't celebrate this weekend. So let's just keep on delaying that as well. Let's keep pushing it back. Uh, Newcastle beats Leicester City, which, which makes is, them vulnerable too, which is just fantastic. Makes no sense. So like, yeah, it doesn't, but Newcastle's kind of on a roll. They beat Liverpool too. I don't know. I don't know. They just beat the top table teams now. They really didn't want to get relegated which at this point we have to say the relegation teams are finalized as of today. Fulham lost, so they are relegated with West Brom and uh, Sheffield United. The poor Beyblades. Yeah, they're mm. done. They're done. The Beyblades, good 90s. Or was it two, no, 2000s prize, I, I think. At that point, I think it was I'm certainly prize. dating yes. myself. Yes, <laughs> you are. You've dated all of us. Thank you, Brady. <laughs> Uh, quick table talk, though. Um, at this point, it is Chelsea in third with 64 points. Leicester City with 63. Both of those teams have played 35 games. And uh, West Ham as well has played 35 with 58 points. So I've drawn a line in the table. I'm going to say Everton, Tottenham, and Liverpool are the only teams that can challenge for fifth and or fourth. Um, both Everton and Liverpool have a game in hand. But I, I think it's going to be a very entertaining finish. There's, for most teams, it's three games, if not four. So it, it, it's going to be tight still. Uh, and I know you're down about Tottenham, Brady, but hey, something could happen. It could get really interesting. You guys could sneak in there. It's just it not certainly likely. could yeah. if you yeah. don't lose to Leeds or yes. any of yes. the other yes. bad teams we lost to. Yeah. So, hey. Uh, real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the rest of this because I've wasted a lot of time here. But Bundesliga, uh, I wanted to talk about the Dortmund Leipzig game, even though it really doesn't matter anymore. Um, it just was insane yeah, and yeah, perfectly it, Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, it it, it really was. Uh, so the Ruiz game was the Ruiz game in general is amazing, but his goal was amazing as well. So just pause the podcast real quick, treat yourself to the beauty, like for his first goal. So uh, I'm going to give you a second. <laughs> well they paused it dave so you can keep going yeah, yeah. no i'm just, I'm just I, I just i just want to make sure i cut back in real quick i just want to make sure i sounded good but thank you brady thank you thank you i was gonna i'm just gonna say this the sancho goal happens as well at the very dead of the game uh it was a great pass and movement from sancho um and i think you guys just pause it again and uh, brady if you say that i should start talking right after this i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> but yes pause it watch the goal so yeah so now that you've watched the sancho goal <laughs> i just wanted to say that like normally like it'd be really 
big bummer if Holland was on the bench, but you have to enjoy watching his reactions this entire yeah. game. It was fantastic. And he definitely played the whole and, game with his team. Yeah. And, and as Brady said too, this was prime Dortmund. Like this is like, this is what you want to see next year. However, I feel like the personnel will be very different and they will have to go back to farming players and, and, and finding mm-hmm. them in other leagues. So enjoy this game for what it was. It is going to be different next year. La Liga, Atletico and Barcelona had a nil-nil draw. Fantastic. Hilarious. So, but you know what's also funny? Is Real Madrid had a 2-2 draw against Sevilla. So it didn't really matter. So Atletico no is still the in the driver, driver's seat, which I feel like just at this point, they're going to lose it to either Barcelona or Real Madrid. So who knows? Syria, um, it's already over with Inter winning it, but Juventus is the club we're watching at this point, and they lost 3-0 to AC Milan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They're, they're trailing Napoli at this point, and I hope they kind of miss out, but it might not even matter because of the potential implications from the Super League. They're discussing making Juventus sit out a year even though they are one of the most historic clubs. So, yeah. Uh, Another slip up in Liga 1, PSG has a draw. And so Lil really just has to win out at this point. And even if they do, like, it might end up being very tight anyways, if if they slip up once. So, Uh, and then another, like, big regional MLS game is the Sounders with the Timbers. Uh, Sounders won this one, but I think at some point we will cover one of these matchups. So definitely, definitely watch those games while they're available. Even if we don't cover them, you want to watch like the Northwest Derby. All right. Looking ahead to next week and preview game of the week. Drum roll, please. San Jose versus Portland. Ooh, baby. Saturday. May 15th at 9 p.m. Someone who is more versed in MLS soccer, let me know why. Why is this game a big deal? San Jose play a very fun version of soccer. It's very it's man-to-man marking. It's essentially like basketball. That's my guy. I follow him around everywhere, mm. except it's for the other 10 players on the team. So it's a soccer game like you've never seen. It makes it super combative, and you end up hating your marker at the end of the game because they've just been kicking you for 90 minutes. So super <laughs> fascinating. And then I think Portland have had kind of a weird start to this season, but they're a very good team. So I would like to see if they elevate their game or if they come down. They actually tend to play better away from home sometimes just by their own natural tendencies. Do games against San Jose tend to get chippy because you have been, you're marking someone up and just kicking them in the shins all game? It's very combative. Yep. Okay, fun. I like that. Um very good. And for those of you that don't know, our game of the week is a game that we pick out and we ask that you watch that game uh, so that next week when we break it down, you know exactly what we're talking about. A lot is happening in the world of soccer. This weekend in particular, EPL is taking it. we got a lot of good MLS games coming up, though. Anything else on your minds before we wrap today, boys? Yes, dear listener, I have a request. Please spread 
the good word of the wingers. Please do. Praise I be. Second that. I third that. We are Praise very be. DIY. So uh, we yes. will need your help. And uh, yeah, if you like us, recommend us to your friends, your family. Uh, and I want to spread the glory of soccer to one person at a time. We'll do it. Absolutely. We all do. And if you have, if you have suggestions, if you have, um, any comments for us, please feel free to reach out windycitywingers.info at gmail.com. Um, we want to hear your thoughts, uh, whether good or bad, um, on things, uh, looking for feedback, constructive criticism, anything along those lines. Love it. Brady. If people want to reach out to you directly to talk stats, to talk soccer, talk any of that stuff, where can they reach you? It's at StatBro, unfortunately. Uh, also, <laughs> check out my articles on theanalyst.com. Oh, there you go. Nice. You yes. say unfortunately, Fantastic but you create articles. your Twitter handle, so... It says uh, bro stats, which makes a little bit more sense, <laughs> but the at is StatBro. <laughs> <laughs> bro stats just uh, sounds like bro. how many what's your highest beer chug total bro yeah but then i come in with <laughs> but they're coming out with a three five two and then one of the midfielders <laughs> is dropping in between these two yeah no it's not it's not that it's no. not broy six if people do want to get a little broy they know where to go for that yeah they're coming to dave where can they reach yeah. you Yes, daddy, daddy. I think that should be my new Twitter handle. But yeah, anyways, um, I might change it. No, it is Windy City Wingers Dave, uh, WCW David, Twitter, Instagram. So um, I'm thinking about changing that now because of your reactions to it. So I think I might do it. So yeah, I feel like that would be the ultra bro. So yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> stay tuned, if you, have to, if you have to stay, if you have to say "Staddy Daddy" every week, I, I'm here if that's for that. Not taken, I would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has to be gone. It's good point. I bet there's some guy who lives out in LA with massive arms, skinny chicken legs, who loves wearing tank tops. That has the Twitter handle "Staddy Daddy." Daddy. Daddy.